Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and once again, I want you all to listen up here and get a load of this. Sports is supposed to be fun. At least that's the way it should be. But from what I'm seeing going on right now, it tells me that the fun ain't what it used to be or what it should be, both for the participants and the spectators, some of whom are flat-out imbeciles. So like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. I'll tell you, it's getting to a point in the world of sports that Fun is being taken right out of the game. It's being taken out of the game for a lot of reasons. Uh, You know, mental health really became front and center during the the recent Tokyo Olympics with, you know, the great American gymnast Simone Biles bowing out uh, of, you know, a lot of the competitions because she couldn't deal with it. You know, she was having these situations called twisties, whatever the case. And I, you heard me in previous podcasts defend her from criticism because nobody knows, even if we can be skeptical, nobody knows what somebody else is going through. You might think you know, but you don't. So I'm always careful about passing judgment on what somebody is dealing with. And the, the the latest, it's not the first time we've heard it, but at the recent U.S. Open tennis, uh, Naomi Osaka lost her match. She lost it to an 18-year-old, uh, Layla Fernandez. And um, she said afterwards that she was going to take a leave of absence. Now, during the match, she, I, she was slamming her racket, not once, not twice, I three or four times. She, she was having some real issues. Now, this is a gal, Naomi, who, you know, withdrew earlier from the French Open, uh, earlier in the year because of some mental health issues, she said. And, you know, after that, she said she wouldn't do press conferences due to stress. I didn't criticize her. Because, again, you don't know. I I do not know what's going on within somebody's head, within somebody's life. But recently, when I say recently, you know, Osaka afterwards also said, had this to say. After the match, I feel very anxious when things don't go my way. Not really sure why it happens the way it happens now. Or it's kind of like that as a little kid. Hmm. Now that's a little bit telling. And I have said this time and time and time and time again. It doesn't just go to young tennis players. It doesn't go to... to, It goes to every... Especially... You look at pros today... Go. I don't care. Go to a baseball team. Go to a ba- uh, a f- basketball team. 
go to a hockey team, go to a football team, go to tennis players, go up and down. Golfers, 99.9% of them have been stars since they're knee-high tall. They, they've always been stars. Not all of them. Again, but to generalize, I think I'm being very on the money. All of them have been terrific athletes going up, growing up. They were the best tennis players. They were the best golfers. They were the best baseball players. They were the best in Little League. They were the best peewee football players. They were the best hockey players, basketball. They were the best. And then they get to the pros. You know, well, then they, they go to college. They go to high school, to college. They get to the pros. But they were always the best. And me being in sports... Now, I'm one of those guys who grew up where sports was fun. I'm a very fortunate guy. I I loved sports growing up. It was very much a part of my life. My father got me interested. Uh, He he was a coach in the Little League and very involved. Fortunately, didn't pressure me. When I, I saw a lot of kids being pressured, so I enjoyed it, and then I hit the jackpot because I ended up having sports for a career, and there's nothing better. You know, people say, oh, Russ, you, it's so lucky for you. You're so lucky you get to, to rub elbows with the, the athletes, with this, with that. And, and No, I'm just lucky because I get to do something that I love. So I'm fortunate. Sports has been very good. You know, I remember... I'm going back almost 30, uh, 25 years. I'll go back 25 years. Well, I was doing a radio show for WFAN. I remember, you know, whether it would be a, a, a strike in baseball or in, in, uh, you know, work stoppage in basketball, whatever, people would call up and say, you know, Russ, I would do what these guys would do for nothing. They should go back to work. And I go, you would do it for nothing? And they would say to me, guy, guy would say, yeah. What, what? I've never f- forgotten this. Guy, guy says to me, yeah, I would do it for nothing. That, that's so lucky. I go like this, I'll tell you what, what do you do? And he was some kind of salesman, some kind of chemical salesman. I says, well, I'll tell you what. Go into your boss tomorrow and tell him you're going to work for the next two three weeks for nothing. All right? So the guy got all pissed off at me and jumped at me on the phone. And what what the hell does that mean, Russ? What's that mean? What's different? No, it's not different. An athlete has a job. You have a job. Because you don't like your job, don't get pissed off at the athlete, but it's still his business. Now, whether you agree with strikes or stoppages or lockouts, that's a different story. But don't say you would do a job for nothing unless you're going to do your own job for nothing. I'm, I'm just giving you examples of what people say. But athletes, since they're teeny-weeny kids, 
they grow up and they're told how great they are. And I have seen it up close from the time I was a kid, all through high school, all through college, being in the business, watching the pros. The best athletes get their asses kissed, not just by mommy and daddy. They get their asses kissed by everybody. And that's the best way for me to say it. They're told how great they are. You, you know, if you're the star player on a team, little Johnny, little Joni, you're the best. They're catered to. They're idolized. Yeah, they're idolized as young kids. But you know what happens to that idolizing when they get older and they face adversity? A lot of them don't know what to do don't know what to deal with. I remember Phil McConkey, who was part of the, the Giants, um, Giants' first Super Bowl winners, you know, in 86, winning their first Super Bowl. Phil McConkey once told me, and he's dead on on the money, he said, Russ, you know why us athletes jump for joy and huge celebrations when we win the championship, we're not jumping for joy because we won. We're relieved because we didn't lose. Think about that. We didn't rejoice because we won. We were rejoicing because we were relieved that we didn't lose. And really... That's what has happened in today's world because the pressure is so intense and the scrutiny with social media, which I'm going to get to, is so over the top, it's more and more relief that nothing negative happened to us. Now, I don't know what's going on with Naomi Osaka. I feel bad for anybody who's having some mental issues. But it was telling when I read, I'm not really sure why it happens the way it happens now. I was kind of like that as a little kid. That, that to me says a whole lot there. Because this has been, she's 23 years old now, but obviously this has been festering for a while. Now she's at the top of her game, the top of her profession, the spotlight is on, and with social media, every move you make is on. Hey, how do I deal with it? When they're teaching these kids, and, and again, I don't know her background at home, this and that, but... The spotlight is on and the pressure's to win. All those gymnastic kids that we see, the pressure is on for them to win, to excel, to be the best at what they do. And if they don't, how do I deal with not winning? I'm no longer the best. How do you deal with that? Becomes difficult to deal with. Again, I will say it till I'm blue in the face. You never know what's going on inside someone's head. But I do know this from seeing it up close, as I said, from when I was a kid to I see it now with kids. 
precious thoughts when they're very young, when they're very, very young. You know, you could watch, you know, when they show you the Little League World Series and the regional games and what, you know, on ESPN, they're always showing you all the good stuff, the happy faces, you know, the happy moms and dads and, and, and the happy kids and this and that. They're never showing you the other side. And there is another side. And it's an ugliest, an uglier side. I remember we always wanted to do stories on parents' misbehavior at kids' games. But you can't do a story on parents' misbehavior at kids' games. You know why? Because when they see a camera, they're on their good behavior. You need a hidden camera. Now, again, folks, don't take this the wrong way. There are tremendous, wonderful parents. I I have three little grandsons, ages six, five, and three. They're all involved in sports. They play soccer. They play t-ball. They swim. They do all this stuff. And and I see a great many, the great majority of the parents are beyond wonderful. But even at that age, I see some parents that are are a little off kilter. That they live and die. Well, you know, my kid, my kid, you know, he's, he's got to concentrate. She's got... The kids. Kids got to be allowed to be kids. I will, will repeat again. I've said it to you. I don't know if I said it last week. Or it'll, I've said it on several podcasts. When Tom's River, New Jersey, I think it was 98. When they won, no, they won in 98. They lost in 99. And I had the coach, Mike Gaynor, you know, who's the manager, coach, whatever you want to call him, of the team. And I had him on the radio and I had asked him, so Mike, what now with the kids? He goes, now they can go back to being kids after they lost. And wow, did that resonate with me? Now they can go back to being kids. Because you could see, you know, (laughs) you're breathing heavy. You know, the kid gets up. The pressure is on. How do I deal with the pressure? You know, the tears are already coming out. That's what happens. And you know what? It's the same thing. Just because you're 20 years old or 23 years old, inside you're still a kid. How are you dealing with the pressure? How, How are you dealing with the adversity? You know, reading that, but I don't, I don't take it lightly when I see somebody suffering from mental illness, mental, call it mental stress, whatever the hell you want to call it. And, and I get it because when, when I hear certain people complain about stress and pressure, and it's not just athletes, I can call people in my business, uh, in, in any business, and and I go, you want to de- you want to talk about stress? Go go talk about the mother, the single mother of four, living in the inner city, working three jobs to make sure everything, food and money is there for the kids, and I, on the table food at night, and I got a plan to get these kids to college. I don't think enough 
people are taught to understand what stress is and what how lucky some people are in their respective situations. Again, call me generalizing right now. And uh, I feel bad for Naomi Osaka because she's definitely going through something. Just like I told you, I felt bad for Simone Biles and everybody was saying, oh, they're making fun of her. What's to make fun of somebody having a mental issue? It's not fun. It's not fun at all. But there's a flip side and there's a reason some of this shit happens to these people. Sloane Stevens, 28-year-old African-American tennis player. She lost a three-setter to, um, oh, geez, what's her name? Angelique uh, Kerber from Germany. After she lost, now, now she was ranked at one point, right now she's ranked 66. At one point, I think Sloane Stevens was ranked number three in the world uh, in 2019, okay? But she lost this three-setter, and afterwards, she she said on Instagram, and this is a problem in itself, which I will get to, but she had received something like 2,000 2000 messages wishing her harm, wishing her to be raped, Uh, racist remarks, physical threats, I quote one, I promise to find you and destroy your legs so hard that you can't walk anymore. How should I say this? How could I be dainty about this? I can't. That's pretty fucked up. Okay? That really is fucked up. It's terrible. I, I got a question. And I'm not getting into a political discussion now, but we know certain people are banned from uh, social media, right? We certainly know the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, is banned for social media. Okay. You want to ban him? Ban him. I want to know how people can be allowed to put this shit on and get away with it and not be banned. This This is a fan... I've said this to you before, folks. I have never in my life booed ever my own team. The only time I would think about booing if I thought somebody was being an a-hole to the fans or somebody was being just, you know, flat-out nasty, dogging it, lazy, not giving his or her all. That's a different story. But at the same point, I, I just listened to myself what I just said. I would boo somebody not being good to the fans. But when you hear shit like this happening, not being good to the fans, then you can say, well, these are examples why an athlete is not good to some fans. Because fans can act like assholes. As I said in the open, like imbeciles. And you know what? It doesn't make big news. It should make big news. How would you how would you feel if your daughter was threatened to be raped? Threatened physical body 
bodily harm. Called anti racist slurs. How would you feel? Your son or your daughter? How would you feel? I don't think you'd feel very good. I know, I know I'd be a fragrant freaking lunatic. And rightfully so. You know how much, how many times shit like that happens? Go to a, a baseball game, go to a football game, go to a hockey game, a basketball game, and hear the shit that comes out of people's mouths. And I'm not talking up in the rafters. I'm talking courtside, in, in good seats, box seats. How many times? I can't tell you over the years, been in the business since 84, I can't tell you how many times I received, and this is before social media, letters, threatening shit, phone calls at the station. And I can't repeat the stuff that I said back because in today's world, I'd be fired in a finger snap. Because in my world, I fight fire with fire. But you can't do that anymore because you lose your job right away. Seriously, how do you deal with it? How do you deal with the defeat? It's, you know, people do not know, a lot of kids do not know how to deal with adversity. But at the same time, when they're having some adversity, the last thing they need is the ugliness and the shit coming out of the mouths of fans. And folks, you can, I'm telling you, you can go to any game and find people doing it. And social media has just blown the lid off. Blown the lid to smithereens. I'm telling you, (coughs) excuse me. Social media has made the ugliness into a commonplace theme. And, And listen, we've spoken about it. It's not just sports. I'm talking about sports today. It's not just sports. We see it in the world. We see it in politics. We see it amongst our leaders. The social media, it's its a disgrace. I, I've said this time and time again. I would never, if I wasn't in this business, you would not see me on Twitter or Facebook. But because I'm in the business, I'm obligated to be involved. It, it, the ugliness is, is absurd. And when I read that, you know, first, it, it's funny, I'm, I'm hearing about Naomi Osaka, then I'm reading this stuff, what Sloan Stevens is going through, and I'm saying, my God, what the freak has happened to this world? Has everybody gone nuts? Yeah, sports is supposed to be fun, but it ain't no more. Sorry to say. That, my friends, is a wrap on this podcast. Now, uh, 
You got a load of me. Now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's Get a Load of This podcast. You can do so on Twitter at Russ Salzberg. You can always do it on Facebook. You can always check out my website at russsalzberg.com. Big time thank you here to my home at Believe.com because as you know, folks, Believe is the number one podcast network for professionals. But above all, want to thank you the people out there because without you the people out there, I'd have nobody in here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Happy Labor Day, everyone, and have yourselves a great week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.